and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. Michael, it's morning again in America. <laughs> I'm, I've walked the down... sun has risen once more. We can almost see it through the haze. <laughs> I got up. I took a walk across our beautiful city of Los Angeles. People were smiling. Babies were, were goo goo gaga ing. Uh-huh. It was... It was it was beautiful. There you was know how hope. I know that's a lie? The idea that you did anything before you rolled out of bed to record this podcast. <laughs> that's not true. I had a meeting that I had to do. <laughs> but other than that, I rolled into that meeting. Oh, man. Uh, so- but it's 6 in the morning. I can't believe you get on me for like, not doing anything before 6 a.m. You taskmaster. I, listen, we have things to do. Like discussing the debates we're gonna do two things today we're gonna to be talking about the debates and we're gonna be talking about an article that appeared on the institute for christian socialism our friends and colleagues yeah uh cool people yeah and we're actually going to spend some time discussing like a thing that we thought was good and cool i i clearly did not set up this part of the episode <laughs> so i don't know what michael's so doing so this is an article called the church must be antifa okay all right i'm on board <laughs> and i think it's it's a really nice sort of as we eat as we take the poison pill of the debates mm-hmm. and have a good time laughing at what a terrible condition america is in <laughs> i think it, it was i was really looking for something to like help sort of give me some vision for how to move forward from the god-awful space that we're in so i i think it's worth getting into uh it's we're going to be talking about fascism we're going to be talking about trump we're going to be talking about the church it's going to be great Tell me about our, our boy Joe. Joe, the gentleman that we have supported from the jump, well-known neoliberal podcast, shitty Christians, always <laughs> been on Team Biden. Uh, Zach, how'd our little adrenochrome baby do? I think Joe did a decent job, which I hate to say, but he did. Taking you off this podcast, you're done, this whole project has clearly failed. It is unfortunately the pitch of the Democrats. And it might carry them to the White House. Look at these damn Republicans. Uh, yeah. We're not them. That is the pitch. And it is. They are so fucking lucky they get to make that <laughs> pitch because they didn't get to make that pitch in 16 and we saw what happened. Sure, sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that b- before we get into yes. I think we should go through some of the details. Yeah. Let's go I through. I think generally speaking, Joe did what he needed to do, yep. which is pander to the center. Mm-hmm. disavow 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 any connection <laughs> i've uh, never met a gentleman named yeah, bernie <laughs> yeah I've, i i a green knew what now <laughs> like, uh full-on pelosiing it from the stand oh yeah but that was always his play yeah and i think he played the hand that he's been playing this whole time and we'll get into the specifics of that a little more but i think overall as much as anyone can deal with with Donald mm. Trump, I think he acquitted himself fine with a couple hilarious stumbles and with a couple moments where he really landed some punches, namely when he was stealing Bernie's rhetoric. But we'll get into it. <laughs> when, Zach, he, when he took Bernie's rhetoric and then pretended to disavow him. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, really yeah. incredible stuff. Uh, but we the debate starts out. The camera pulls into a dark room. Chris Wallace shows up. He's a dime. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, nothing like a little nepotism to start <laughs> the process. <laughs> Wait, who is who is Chris Wallace? Oh, his dad was a really famous. Uh, oh, that's man. right. Yeah, yeah well, like, duh. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like anytime I see a person with wealth or success, I think to myself, "Who's your dad?" <laughs> I think that I think that question all the time and ask everyone I meet, "Who's but your daddy?" You know what? I need to think differently. I'm sorry. This is an apology. I need to sometimes think, "Who's your mom?" 
Yeah, that's right. Because that's also relevant. <laughs> so anyways, Chris so we, Wallace. Chris Wallace, he does a whole thing. They're not going to shake hands. And I was offended because I assume civility is over. Yeah. It, I know it, COVID's happening, but come on. It's a shame that COVID has killed 200,000 people and counting. But I think the real tragedy is it killed civility in America. <laughs> So they waddle out. Yeah. They're sort of, you know, whatever. They're on opposite. They're standing more than six feet apart. You know what the first thought I had was before they even get to the first question was, man, you could dip a crusty Italian loaf in the sweat that is just on Trump's neck right now. Mm-hmm. Like he was mm-hmm. an extremely wet man. Yeah, I mean, tr- Trump Trump sort of abides in dampness, I think. <laughs> I think there's a certain swamp-like quality that uh, he, you know, really when he's talking about draining the swamp, he's trying to, like, find prescription trick antiperspirants for his he, neck. He's trying to drain that swamp ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, he came in. Uh, he came in hot. He came in. I don't. I don't know. You know, Trump was talking about. Oh, we need to drug test, and mm-hmm. you know, what are they pumping Biden full to get him through this thing, and blah blah blah. But I, both of these people look to me like they were on some real nice prescription strength European Sudafed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. They were. Uh, they were going hot for the whole time. There's a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, until I would say about three quarters of the way through where it seemed to wind down a little bit. Which to be fair, when you listen to me in podcasts is true as well. (laughs) So I don't want to judge these old men either. I'm not good at talking for 90 minutes, yelling for 90 minutes either. So Uh, they start out talking about the Supreme court, Michael. I mean, is there anything to really say? Trump Uh, was like, I got elected for four years, not three. Biden was like, we need to let the American people decide. They both said, I think Trump won that actually being like no i won and i have the senate it's and biden had no response to yeah, that yeah i like, mean again it, it's biden said the election has already started which is not really a good point no it wasn't super helpful it's it's just he was trying to repeat the rhetoric that republicans used last time but the mm. problem is republicans don't give a shit they're just going to do the things they're going to do uh that that supreme court justice will be nominated like come on yeah, no. Uh, Democrats lack the will to do the things they would, could actually do to help. So instead, he just made this like weird, uh, you know, plea to like, oh, I mean, come on, guys, and it just was kind of dumb. I like. Uh, I, I I'm really. I think it's time to congratulate Supreme Court Justice Handmaid. You know, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm really excited to see how her husband rules from the bench. I've enjoyed her tale so far, and I look forward to seeing season two. <laughs> They move forward. They move forward. Uh, and then he he call, they talk about the ACA for a bit, uh, which is like Biden's sort of next move is to bring up. Yeah, healthcare, healthcare which should be that, an incredibly strong pitch in a global pandemic where people are losing their right. jobs and access to their employer based healthcare. And this should be a fucking killer blow. Oh, it's the knife for Trump. It Just hit him be. on that. Yeah. And he can't, he half does. That's what's tragic. Is he sort of ha- is like you're going to take away people's health insurance and pre-existing conditions. You know, you have no health plan. That's all true. Yeah. And then Biden just doubles down on the ACA, which everyone fucking hates. Yeah. No. I, I think <laughs> okay. again, it was it was definitely a moment where he identified the correct problem. Yeah. Like Trump's health plan is literally go fuck yourself and die, bitch. Yep. Like that's that's the entire. It's very the concise. Actual text. It's very concise. Yeah. I mean, Obamacare was super long. He wanted to go the other way. Yeah, so I respect like, it. You know. And Bernie's is concise too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets health care dance. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Bernie is a little problematic, but we love it. <laughs> uh, uh, no. So, but 
then when your follow-up is bad neoliberal policy that has yes. only made insurance companies richer, it, it really does speak to the fact that like you don't actually have the solution. You can identify the problem. You can point out how evil yeah. the, the thing that this evil man is doing. Evil man bad. You can say that. <laughs> but like evil man can just be like, you also bad and you don't have a great comeback to it, that it, it was, was still one of his stronger it moments was, no, but like he definitely like took control of the debate at this point when they got to healthcare, and, and i think mostly didn't let go because trump doesn't have a plan and he all trump could do was talk about the aca and that worked in 2016 when the aca was the system but i actually yeah. think when trump is president that doesn't play no yeah when you've had four years have done nothing and now this is the thing that because, like you want to yell about because Trump then is like, you're a socialist, you're a socialist. And Biden is like, I'm not. And I, and then said, I have to admit this is alpha. I am the Democratic Party right now is a pretty alpha thing to say. I, see, I had, that's so funny. I, I had a very different reaction to that. I, I, thought, I mean, I felt sad. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not happy about it, but I was owned by daddy. <laughs> okay. uh, that's not something you feel sad about. Um, Parody in the game. All, all in the game. No, uh, this is the thing that Trump did repeatedly throughout mm -hmm. the state debate. He punched from this very cynical conception of the left. Yeah. So he said both things. He said, you're a socialist. And then he would make Biden say, I'm not a socialist. And then he would say, you just lost the left. And then he'd be like, <laughs> you support the Green New Deal. And Biden's like, I don't support the Green New Deal. Even though on his website, it says that he believes in the Green New Deal. Almost like that website the liberals have been touting on Twitter saying that this is why Biden's so fucking progressive oh, is a made-up pile of bullshit that he's never even looked well, at. Nor because he's about. the Democratic Party. Yeah. They're not. I am the party. He is. I am the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool when his biceps ripped through his suit when that happened. Uh, but like <laughs> somebody somewhere, some lib somewhere drew has drawn a cartoon of his biceps coming through his suit. I oh guarantee yeah, you, oh guarantee that has happened. I, I mean, I've literally seen libs being like, "This debate needs a push-up contest." Anyways, <laughs> here's the thing: I, leftists on Twitter, I love you. You're my favorite people. You're all beautiful, mm -hmm. um, inside mm -hmm. and out. I'm gonna need you to stop falling for this bait. We know who Joe Biden is. We know that he doesn't support the Green New Deal. We know that he is, nothing will fundamentally change. Like, there's nothing to be gained for being like, yeah, Trump got him. Mm -hmm. I agree, like, to fall, like, this is a cynical man who wants an incredibly terrible world, just yelling at Biden for losing something he never had. Like, right. Biden never had the, the, rad, the quote unquote radical left. That never existed for him. His explicit pitch this whole time has been centrism, centrism, Cindy McCain on my like yeah. thing. Like that's his plan. Yeah. So he's not losing anything. No, and like, Trump doesn't We're already get, lost. Yeah, Trump doesn't get that point really because yeah. like and Biden he, would he never kept care. kept going back to that as if, as if that the left ever had any love for Biden for Biden right. to lose. And, and to be honest, ever had another option. The option yeah. is Biden or nothing anyway. And, and and Trump is almost like, oh, they're going to go to me. It's like, bitch, no, they're not. Yeah, they're just yeah. not going to vote. No, like, it's, it's going to be the 10,000 votes for Howie Hawkins is what's going to happen. But Yeah, I mean, but that's, it's not going to matter. And no. and so it was a weird play. He kept trying to make this about Bernie. So he kept saying, so you agree with Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And I just started weeping. It, well, it was just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like one, Biden, please endorse cool things. That would be fun. Yeah, we would I, would, I would love that. You I just would, need to I, pick one thing and I would vote for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not hard. We're very easy. We're very so easy sad. Look at Ed Markey. Ed Markey just said, I support the Green New Deal. And leftists fell over themselves to knife Joe Kennedy III because that was funny. I mean, let's come be on. honest. That yeah. was cool. That was, was awesome. That, that, <laughs> that need existed 
without Ed Markey. But he did one thing. Yeah. All he did was the bare minimum. But you know what? People got fucking excited on the left for the bare minimum. Well, we have to. I mean, if we if, if we want electoralism to yeah. be any part of our process, and I am increasingly of the mind that it is not. Yeah, but me too. If, you know, we will and should rally behind people that actually are willing to fight for these things up until yeah. they realize that. The left is so ready to be pandered to, man. <laughs> we are so excited. Yeah, we, we love those crumbs. Please, sir. <laughs> not, might I have some more crumbs? So anyways, let's move forward. Yep, yep. So yeah, and then they got to COVID. Yes. Which I think is is maybe the moment where like Biden actually got to like land some blows. Like mm-hmm. maybe the only moment that was kind of a kill shot. Uh, and it would have to be right. right. No, like, I mean, I, I, how funny would it be to lose? As, I just really want to see the debate where you lose the debate yeah. to Trump on COVID. Yeah. And, and I mean, Trump did everything his power. He was like, oh, you would have lost so many more people. The guy that was but, calling like, it a hoax. But like, like, even idiots can't buy that argument. It's like, exactly. you can't even know that. But also, come on, dude. I think that for everyone that isn't just Trump's rabid base, right. I think just saying... Here's how many people we have dead. We have more people that are going to die. And someone else being like, you would have done it worse. That's that's a fiction. That's, it's, that, it's weak. It's theoretical. And it, yeah, yeah, it's just not. So all you have Trump in this moment is just brain. Like he's laying some blows <laughs> on healthcare, but he can't really lay blows on Mm-mm. COVID. No. Because he has bungled it so bad. Yeah, he tries to blame it on China, but I just don't think China's an interesting villain in this. Like, uh, yeah, fuck Ch- China always, but like also fuck America. You know what I mean? Like there's no way to really... Yeah, move the needle on that. The difference in how that's been handled, the Mm -hmm. difference in like you know the issues they had versus us. Right, there's just no excuse. You can't blame it on anyone else. Yeah, you know, as Biden said, we're four percent of the population, twenty percent of the cases. And Trump, and he hit Trump on the bleach thing, on saying it would be done by Easter. Oh yeah, this was maybe Trump's weakest moment when he when he goes, "That was sarcastic." You know, that was sarcastic. (laughs) It was so catty. It was so funny. Such a bitch move. Yeah, in, in general, you know, we'll maybe say a little more at the end, but I think I think Trump's veneer was wearing a little thin on this one. If you go back to 2016, mm, yeah. one of the things that made him effective, even as he was being a monster, is right. that he was kind of having fun up there. Yeah, like, he was a good time, Sally. I, and, like, it was gross, and it oh, was awful, course. and it was, it was incredibly sexist that's and the evil. most sexist and, like, thing ever. And if you're making me say that about your treatment of Hillary Funkett Clinton, <laughs> that's saying something. You have to... <laughs> Never mind. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> But he was having a good time. Yeah. Uh, at least a little bit. He was bit. loose. He was loose. He was and this loose was just, there was a tension to this. There was an tension of like. Yeah. He was when, you, when you take every single shot, you end up repeating your critiques yeah. a lot. And they end up weaker for it. Like he honestly, I think his, you know, his whole thing is bullying. But right. I think he, it would have been a more effective bully if he had bullied 30% less. Less. Um, no, I totally agree. And I mean, again, it's, it's, this is, it's kind of a boring thing to say, but. He has a record to run against now. Exactly. Yeah. No, Whereas he in can't, 16, he, he could just, just be like, man, he could just be pure theory. Yeah. He'd be like, man, I'm going to fix everything. And now it's like, yeah. yeah but, but you didn't. Exactly. Though. And so I, I think those are that's a really good point. I also thought Biden bringing up K-shape versus V-shape recovery curve. You know, Trump, very concerned about the economy, needs to talk about the economy. <laughs> Best economy ever. I big, yes. Biggest, biggest, girthiest economy we've ever Whitest, seen. Whitest, blah. blah. Uh, and I thought Biden's very Bernie Sanders point that like, hey, rich people are getting way fucking richer and poor yep. people are, like, suffering is a really strong point. Like, it was actually, so good. economic inequality being brought up by a fucking careerist neo-lib on the presidential debate, fucking wild. Yeah, uh, especially when, like, if you dig deep, like, actually a lot of the money went to the 1% during the economy, during the Obama years, but oh, Trump isn't 100%. going to do that because it was still... 
one hair's breadth better than it was now. Yeah, exactly. And so no, he it, can't land that it low. Is, it is insane that Biden, Mr. Bailout the Banks, Mr. Right. Like, you know, nothing will fundamentally change, Mr. Mr. Tax Shelter. Mr. Goldman Sachs. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, that guy is somehow making this point, but it's a good point. It's a great As, point. Aside from the, like, complete failure of the person delivering it to ever do anything fucking at all, ever. Uh, that actually helps people. Yeah. No, he uh, briefly stole Bernie's mojo for that. Yeah. Point. And it was and it was a great moment in terms of like hearing somebody actually talk about that on the national stage. You know what was not as great? What was not as great? Police. Can I actually say one thing before we? Yeah. Get no, to oh, sorry. Go ahead. Trump is like, I brought back football when they talk about <laughs> yes. COVID. How did I not have this in my notes? That was I, that I, was fucking incredible. I did it, kids. And you I know thought what? that was so funny because yeah. first of all, he had nothing to do with football, but. I actually think it was a solid idea to be like, yeah. no, people like football. People like I'm football. Going to like. All of the owners like Trump. They're not going to call him out. It was only like we, you know, we kissed his ring and it then was, we threw a football. It was great. It was our big sweaty lord. He taught us all how to throw a spiral. <laughs> Donald Trump is all of our daddies. It's a very daddy cast. Uh, well, it was a very daddy it was debate. A very, yeah, you're right. It was grandpas yelling at each other. It was that, that was exactly what was happening. The last thing I want to say about the economy mm -hmm. is Trump saying he paid millions of dollars in taxes. Oh, that was another incredible. Another loss for him, man. Because, uh, yeah. because all Trump could do was talk about Hunter. And Hunter's a corrupt little dipshit. We should all agree. Oh, 100%. But he's still... The Trump kids are right there in the government. Yeah. There's just no argument. Trump just like kept trying to grab things... That were his own flaws. Yeah. No, and like like Hunter's And he's sexy. Hunter's hot. Yeah, that, that does make a difference. I, I will I will change all of my morals if I get to spend an evening with, with Hunter Biden. Uh, just hanging out, just you know, he's doing steely. things. He's steely. Uh, he is. I'm he not is steely. steely. He's steely. He's got tattoos. Yeah, he's cool. he used to be he used to smoke crack on Skid Row. I know. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> it, listen, I I think the overvalorization of Hunter Biden's life betrays the fact that, like, the children of privileged oh, people yeah. often suffer a lot. And he has clearly done a bunch of villainous shit since then. But, yes, you can't make that <laughs> argument when, like, your children are literally hanging out in the White House doing terrible right. things. And they're not even cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> they, and they do it so much more lame. So, let's get to the cops. Okay, yeah. So, th this, this was the hard pivot from, like... Oh, this is kind of, you know, there's a moment here where Biden is speaking to, like, my actual concerns. Right. To, like, oh, Biden's <laughs> going to Biden. I have to remember yep. Joe Biden is Joe Biden. He's always going to be Biden. There's, you can decide how much you abide the Biden. Yeah. But, like, that's your only choice. Yeah. Zach, take me through the cops. I think it was actually phrased as, as race. As, as race and yep. protesters. Let's talk about race. But and that is not really what was discussed. What I love is Biden being like, it's about decency. Oh, God. And it's like, actually, I think it's about not shooting black folks. Yeah. That's my, like, issue in terms of race is not murdering black folks. Uh, yeah. Uh, Biden landed only one thing I would kind of agree with is sure. Trump mishandling corona. And he said one in 1,000 black folks died of corona. And then said if it continued the way it was, one in 500 would. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't know that statistic. Oh, yeah, no. Blew my fucking mind. It's, we it's, should not kill one in 500 black folks in this country. That is fucking appalling. Yeah, no, it's bad. Uh, I think I think you can see a very distinct shift 
and how the right was willing to deal with corona yeah uh that stemmed once they realized that this was primarily going to be affecting uh poor people of color yeah uh but then biden immediately is like bad apples argument these cops don't want these shootings either they're sad about george floyd too and i was like dude are you fucking kidding me are you losing your fucking mind and then trump somehow tried to out blue lives matter the guy who was just like you know most cops are good that's what he says (laughs) he says cops are awesome and Trump is like, the suburbs are going to be in danger. Oh, and then my God. Biden says, no, the suburbs are integrated. And I'm just like, what is this? This is where the chaos rune has been. Yeah, no, totally. This was, this was where the what? scales fell off. The two old men yelling about who represents the suburbs more. There is nothing more cursed in American uh. institution than the fucking suburbs. Like, there is just, it is the worst. It is the death of culture. It is the death of thought. Growing up in the suburbs is a, is a curse from which you must either flee or bring it into your heart and become a business major. It's like, those yeah. are your two options. But yeah, two old men uh, bickering about the suburbs and Incredible like, you stuff. know, how many grills they own. Like, you know, who just. has the best, you know, Memorial Day cookout. Like, it was just a really gross thing. And it, it does speak to the fact that both of them consider this to be a race for the suburbs. The presidency is just about who can win middle-class white people, apparently, and above. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it now. Anyone else is not interesting. Yeah, anyone else, they just either think that their votes are assumed or they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really weird That was a bizarre. It, like, it definitely, I agree with you. Even with all the yelling, yeah. this was just a very strange two or three <laughs> minutes where they're just yelling about the suburbs. They're and, trying to see who can cop the, more, the most. Yeah. Who can be more beloved by cops. I think then this is the most Twitter thing. We still have to kind of acknowledge it. Uh, Chris Wallace being like, Mr. President, do you condemn white supremacists? Yeah. And the Mr. President saying nothing. Yeah. Well, Literally not condemning white supremacists. I would I would go a step further and say that the president was like, not only will I not do that, I will encourage <laughs> them to be on the scene. Yeah. Stand back and stand by. For uh, the Proud Boys. To the Proud Boys. Who, you know, we're thrilled. Again, this is all over Twitter. This has been yeah, the you've seen news this. story that com- came out of this. Uh, but it is, you know, we can acknowledge it. Fucking disgusting. Uh, I'm not so worried about the Proud Boys because the Proud Boys is like a couple thousand assholes. Right. Uh, but like the sort of general statement to the increasingly uh, vigilante right that we have seen mm. popping up from a yeah. lot of different directions. Like this is not just directed at the Proud no. Boys. This is directed at like all of these things. You know, people getting shot at protests. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people driving through protests. Oh, yeah. And, That's and just so a move This now. sort of increasing uh, just right-wing violence against protesters, this is a real ugly step in that. And I mean, I'm, it's I'm, not surprising. Yeah. I'm a little no, shocked that people not. are shocked. This was the good people on both sides guy. But like, it was kind of amazing to watch him. Like, he's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll say whatever you want to say. And they're like, okay, say you condemn white supremacy. And he was like, all right, white supremacists, just hang out be around <laughs> stay frosty white supremacists yeah. that's what trump said that's what he said kind of just a, still amazing to see on a presidential debate stage yeah uh, i mean this whole thing well, i do think it's but but biden kept being like you're the worst president ever and the most racist president ever and it's just like well that's also wrong it's just like so disappointing <laughs> yeah well i mean he's certainly in contention they've just all been yeah, bad but like he's not the most racist he's not the top 10 most racist presidents because a good chunk of them owned people yeah. and trump would but he hasn't been able to yeah let's move forward they talked about the environment and that was just so crushing oh god the environment time was so environment crushing. and voting 
and and the you know quote unquote race issues, which really became who loves cops more. That's when this sort of took a turn. Oh, into it was like bleak. extreme darkness. Yeah, because the uh, the voting was just like Biden being like, "Go vote. The election is legitimate." Oh, and then this Trump, blew my mind. And then Trump was like, "The election is illegitimate. They're finding thousands of ballots in lakes, yeah, in rivers and creeks with Trump on them. Every which single one is not." true but also like an incredible image i think he made it more clear even it, this has clearly been their point the whole right. time like they defunded the postal service so that they could be like yeah you can't <laughs> look trust at the, the postal post. service look how look how inefficient this thing that we stripped to the bones is yeah. the classic uh, meme of shooting somebody and being like look at that person exactly dead. why are you bleeding yeah um, <laughs> it's really gross of you to do that right now uh I think I think more clearly though, at least for me than I've seen up to this point, he just said outright, "That's the playbook." He said, "If it's a if it's a fair election, mm-hmm. then of course I'll yeah. accept it. But if it's not, then I'm I can't stand for that." No. It's like, well, you're making it very. You're already saying it's illegitimate before it's even yeah. happened. Like, it's just there. We yeah. should just assume. If you don't assume Donald Trump is not going to accept the results of the election, you're a fucking idiot. In the same way, I would say to Biden's debate prep team, you probably could have done a little more to prepare him for the fact that Trump is a belligerent asshole that's just going to yell at you for 90 minutes. There was. We need to, we're going to wrap this up shortly. But there was so much just yelling and talking over each other. Oh, yeah. I think best exemplified by the environment sort of section. When they're both kind of tired, this is towards the end of the debate. And Trump is just yelling about cars. It's round four. You know, yeah. they're, having, they're having trouble getting their lips to split apart. So they're just kind of spewing words full of mucus through their chapped lips. And it was just, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was like that. Yeah. And, like, Trump is, like, screaming about cars being too expensive. And that's why he has to get rid of environmental regulations. Because what's happening is the car is much less expensive and it's a much safer car. And you're talking about a tiny difference. And then what would happen because of the cost of the car, you would have at least double and triple the number of cars purchased. We have the old slugs out there that are 10, 12 years old. If you did that, the car would be safer. It would be much cheaper by $3,500. They've simply no, ignored but you would take your, a lot of cars off the market because people would be able to afford a car. Now, so, and by the way, we're going to see how that turns out. But a lot of people agree with me, many people. It was just like, and that's why I got rid of clean air. He's like, (laughs) he wants immaculate air, but we can't have the laws for it. And then Biden being like, well, that's why we need to do the Green New Deal. And being like, do you support the Green New Deal? He's like, no, I support the Biden plan. Yeah. That's when I was just like, I can't. Well, it's it's when I am the Democratic Party becomes I am the Democratic Party. Like it just, it just, it's the same thing, but weaker. The Biden plan. Right. Dude, like. What? No one thinks you have a plan. I, I would like to announce right here the Zach plan. <laughs> Venmo me 60 bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to work on that environment yep. stuff. Yep. Figure it thing. out. We're going to clean it up. Yeah. I'm going to buy a pool skimmer and go to Venice Beach. Okay. That's a good start. So uh, It's more it's, than our <laughs> government is doing. <laughs> That's fucked up. You know? Then they argued about voting as we talked about. Uh, and one of the things I kind of want to like... I don't have a ton more to get into, uh, so maybe yeah. you do. But uh, Trump urging his supporters to go to the polls and watch them. Oh, yeah. That very was fucking nice and haunting. very good. Yeah, no, like, ur- he urging, urging. Urging. Yeah, not just you can, but you should. Yeah. Uh, for the record, this is not a thing. Like, there are actual organizations that yeah. do this stuff. But, like, you cannot, as a person, just show up 
with whatever and be like i am just here to verify the accuracy and just like wander around a polling place like these are people's constitutional rights that you are infringing on yeah dude show the fuck up like you were not helping the situation and, and so, yes, arming the populace with the, the, the directive from the president to go basically interfere. Yeah, intimidate. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's no other way to... I mean, we, there's a long history of people of doing this kind of thing at elections. This is a very old playbook that has been used mm-hmm. in a lot of terrible ways for a very long time. Yeah, and, every, every, and all of your favorite countries use this, from Russia to those other Russias in the Eastern Europe. <laughs> God, it's so fucking sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, very safe, very nice thing is what Trump called poll watchers, which is just not not great. Um, let's let's bring it home. Debates are pointless. Bourgeois affectation. They have always been pointless. This debate, people are freaking out. They're, this is the death of democracy. In a, in a sense, they're not wrong to sure, point out fine. that this is one brief symptomatic moment of a, you know a failed state in freefall. Sure, <laughs> great. I can acknowledge that. I'm yeah. not against that. But like. Let's not pretend that debates were ever good. Let's not pretend that any right. of this was making anyone's minds up. Mm. Like, like this is this has always been this bad. It's yeah. just usually done with less yelling. Um, yeah, it's usually de- the difference is decorum. No, and like, and the difference is we were on the upslope of an empire before, and now we're probably on the downslope. I mean, that that is at least the assumption that I'm operating from. Uh, but it is it's interesting pageantry in the sense that I think it does. Uh, clarify certain positions. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, can 90% be sad. of voters can, can already know who they're going to vote for. I'm, I'm mad that that we were nice to Biden. Yeah. We, I'm mad at you. Well, okay. All right. So what we, did, <laughs> what we did was we accepted the premise of debate and then judge on the performance of the debate. Right. And I think that's okay to start. But we probably should have clarified this is all in the context of fuck this guy and also fuck this guy. Yeah. And like... The only person who won this debate was Bernie Sanders. Yes. Yes, Bernie, Bernie, I mean, it's a meme already, but like Bernie for the tag team, Bernie from the top row, Bernie sneaking into the ring with the metal chair. Like I, I couldn't help myself. And obviously it's it's easy to paint the most perfect picture of what that looked like. Because the truth is it's hard to deal with someone screaming at you for 90 minutes. And that's a hard thing for most people to do. It's the premise of this part. But you know, I did hear once about a Bernie Sanders that uh, he doesn't tolerate bullshit particularly well. And uh, I think he would have he would have had better answers to the things that got brought up. And I just, you could really tell uh, how much our world needs those solutions, at least as a start. I mean, I don't think there's any way that an argument for Medicare for all wouldn't have just been fucking rapturous and Trump couldn't have said anything about it. Yep. So let's, uh, let's move forward. I think after that clown show (laughs) from the words of Biden, we didn't even get to the, would you just shut up, man? (laughs) Which is like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I think that Biden often does that at people that he should not do that to, like, you know, constituents. Right, yeah, voters. Voters, people that are presumably he's supposed <laughs> to care about. But, like, I couldn't hate that moment. Yeah, I when, mean, you should tell Trump to shut yeah, up. Just, like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, yeah. So I went trolling for hope. Yeah. And I didn't really find it. Or, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I was looking, you know, I had looked at some other things for today that were, yeah. you know, more abuse issues in the church, more terrible things that, you know, the church has done. And I was like, you know what? We will have time to get to all of these things. But, like, right now, I think I found this article. We already mentioned it. The Church Must Be Antifa by Adam Joyce, writing for Christian Socialism. He's written for Sojourners and a bunch of other, you know, Christian leftist organizations. Uh, and what I like about this article is it, it sort of 
take some steps to define fascism, yeah. which is, I think, a thing that we've talked about on this podcast before, totally. has a lot of value. I think fascism is a word that rightly gets thrown out in a lot of different contexts, totally. but it's helpful to sort of hone in on it. Um, yeah, they're, they're, it means something. It's yeah. a word. It's a word. Something. It has meaning. It has historical context and current context. And then he, I think, does a great job of pointing out uh, the role of the church yes. in these things and what the church could be doing better. And it's a lot of stuff we've talked about before, but it's well laid out with some mm. great quotes from people that are way smarter than us. And so I think it has value in this moment mm. after watching that shit show. After, <laughs> after just being like, okay, God, that was a thing. It was just like, okay, like let's, let's maybe define our terms and take a moment to think about what we can be doing. All right, so he starts out talking about the competing de- definitions of fascism is fascism the decay of capitalism colonial violence turned inward Mm -hmm. a middle class movement animated by nationalist xenophobia uh or is it blood and soil cult of tradition built on authoritarian leaders and fictive populism all that fun stuff yeah all all those totally normal things um accepted knowledge he would say is that fascism developed in countries that were excluded from colonialism they didn't Mm -hmm. get to take part in the imperialism so they rose up as uh you know a way to sort of fight back for the things that they had been denied He's pushing back on this discourse. Yeah. And he quotes uh, Amis Cesar, who is a French poet and activist. Uh, he died, I think, in 2018. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty long life. So, but he wrote a, a, bu- a book that's still used a lot called Discourses on Colonialism. And so it starts with this quote that I think will sort of be our starting point. And then one fine day, the bourgeoisie is awakened by a, terrified, by a terrific boomerang effect. The Gestapos are busy. Their prisons are full. The torturers standing around the racks they invent, refine, and discuss. And they wait, and they hope, and they hide the truth from themselves. But it is barbarism, the supreme barbarism, the crowning barbarism that sums up all daily barbarisms. It is Nazism, yes, but before they were its victims, they were its accomplices. That they tolerated that Nazism before, before it was inflicted on them. That they absolved it, shut their eyes to it, legitimized it, because until then, it had only been applied to non-European peoples. That they have cultivated that Nazism. That they themselves are responsible for it. And that before engulfing the whole edifice of Western Christian civilization in its redded waters, it oozes, seeps, and trickles from every crack. Mm. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> but beautifully written. Yeah, it, it pushes it back against the more sort of standard conception um, that fascism means illiberal totalitarian masses suppressing minorities. And he's right. saying, like, actually... Fascism is not extraneous to liberalism. Well, no. Um, and that may seem, you know, obvious. But, like... But it's a great it's, point It's worth, in this moment, where we have yeah. a neoliberal and a proto-fascist, or a pre-fascist, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Like, we got to see that debate. It's important to say, like, Biden being treated as the antidote is, is worth investigating. Yes. Um, and to be clear, what he's saying is not that, like, it's not actually as simple as the, like... I was silent when they came for others. Right. It's not that like, oh, you just waited until it was too late and then they came for you. It's that like, no, you were building Nazism. You right. were building it in other countries. You were building it in the UK. You were building it in America. You know what it is. Yeah. It's you built the cages on the border and you said, some people are okay in these cages. Yeah. And then what you didn't realize, someone would come in the future and say, let's expand the cages yeah. and put more kinds of people in there. Yeah. And do some forced sterilizations while we're at it. So absolutely. Neoliberalism begets fascism in its nature. Yeah, I mean, neoliberalism just draws half of the fucking swastika, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. And then is like mad when you And then is it. insanely bothered <laughs> when someone else comes along and Neoliberalism starts drawing the first three fair? letters of the slur and then it's like, don't you finish yeah. it. How dare you, sir? How dare, <laughs> have you no decency? So 
fascism was not a movement of the masses, but rather devoted itself to preventing the masses from entering the political arena. Mm. And then this, uh, elites empower fascist parties to bring colonial violence home in order to protect capitalism from democracy. Mm. And I think that's, that's like... so well said. It's a really, it's a really good point. That like, and, and we are living in increasingly undemocratic times. We have already come out oh, of... Yeah. A, a, you know, America has never been very good at this democracy thing, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. no. If we look at history, certainly for uh, minorities, but even at its best, as we have already seen, things like Supreme Court nominations, things like the Electoral College. Yeah. We have never been good at giving people the My voice. grandma was born like 15 years after women got the vote, for fuck's sake. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you people talking about? <laughs> but that idea that, like, we bring colonialism home to protect capitalism. Right. Because democracy, properly handled, could do some things. Like, say, Medicare for all. Right. the wealthy. And I don't think it's a surprise that in the year that, like, there were people arguing yeah. that we need these things is all in, in, in a global pandemic that demands it in its very existence, in the threat Correct. that it poses the people that we see this violence coming home more and more. It, it just, you know, he was writing this, I forget exactly when, but decades before this. Oh, of course. And, and it's just incredibly fucking familiar. And though back to the writer of this article, as we are now seeing the violence of American imperialism boomeranging back home, there's a lot of people trying to figure out, where does Trump fall on the Hitler scale? You know? You know the like... <laughs> And this is, I mean, I... Wait, wait, every living human can be put on the Hitler scale. True story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, it, 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 is, it is a thing that you see all the time. I mean, I yeah. literally saw a live meme yesterday. It's like, he's not Hitler, he's Shitler. He's shitty Hitler. At least Hitler oh fixed God. the economy. Which is like, oh, that no. is a fucking take. Oh, no. Oh, no, that is, a, oh, that is no. a thing that is out there in the world. Fucking wild. But yes, a, a lot of people are concerned uh, mm -hmm. because we only think of fascism as existing in Nazi Germany. We don't understand Which its historical hilarious. roots in America. But the point he's making is that why it is, while it is undeniable mm. that Trump has consolidated a lot of these fascist impulses, like, and that his reelection might not happen in the midst of a global pandemic, he right. cause, like, the point that he's making is that the fascistic currents that we are seeing in America now, they're not going away. They yeah. don't need Trump. Thank you. Thank you. They don't need Trump. They exist outside of him. And yes, it's easy when you see, you know, people showing up at rallies, bearing mm. flags, yeah. blah, 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 to think of him as, oh, we just got to kill the king, man. It's the same thing as when people, like, want to elect Joe or talk about going back to Obama. Yeah. This shit was here when Obama was president. The fascism was always there, baby. The fascism was there. The fascism is inspired by the neoliberalism. Yeah. Neoliberalism. Neoliberalism in itself is proto-fascism in that it, it has all of these same issues and then fascism can pick up that torch, strip away some of the niceties and protections, and wield the same power of capitalism to harm uh, while decrying democracy. But it is, in fact, those values that create that. And even more specifically, the material conditions of economy and racial inequality create these things. 100%. We can't let those two continue and continue to spiral without expecting that at some point fascism will be brought to defend uh, capitalism from democracy, as he says. Even without Trump, it is not hard to envision that both vigilante and state violence giving support to a kind of eco-apartheid state with the climate crisis allowing for continued violence at the border and deeper mm -hmm. exploitation of black and brown communities. Signs of that collaboration between state police and vigilantes are already on display in Portland and Kenosha, yep. while Republicans have built a durable anti-immigration apparatus in itself prime for eco-fascism. 
Mm. I'm going to keep quoting because I think it's, it really brings us No, home. this is great. Another Trump presidency would, of course, be disastrous. But the now prevalent notion that removing Trump will magically avert a deeper fascistic crisis misunderstands where fascism comes from. A Biden presidency would only restore rule by centrists who operate as elite custodians of the neoliberal status quo, ensuring that the people do not attempt to expand democracy into the realm of the economy. The nonspecific cipher of populism as an explanation for Trump reveals just how much liberal center blames mass democracy for this moment they find themselves in. Mm. As the right openly gives up on the pretense of political democracy, there is neither the vision nor the desire to respond to the racial history, economic conditions, or ecological time bombs that belch out crises like Trump and the rise of fascism. Like the liberals of the 20th century Europe, the centrists have no will to fight the incursion of fascism because they are too invested in the very inequalities which have brought us to this point. Well, shit. Yeah. That's incredible. I don't even know. I've, like, There's nothing to even like really add to that. No, but, again, like, we don't normally quote this much from no, things. But they're uh, usually not that good. Yeah, but God, it just it says no, it so phenomenal. clearly. It says it so well. Um, I might restate it just to simplify it a yeah, tiny bit. It. But basically... Because Trump and Biden both are invested in capitalism, money, and money staying in the hands of the same people it will. The banks, mm-hmm. the billionaires. They are fighting ultimately for the same thing. Now, Trump may be fighting for it on a different time scale. Yeah. But that ultimately, because neoliberalism's priorities are not in democracy, they are in the market, they are in money, they are the reason why, if you look through this lens, all of Obama makes sense. They're the reason why Obama expanded the military. They're the reason why Obama bailed out the banks and not the people. They are ultimately the same custodians of the capitalist class. And it will only end in the same way, except on a different timeline. Yeah, and timelines matter, right? Oh, sure. Of like, course. listen, we live in time. Of course. But that but, is important. No, but the, uh, the idea is that these are two steps along the same path. Yes. And yes, maybe there is some value in taking a step back. If yeah. we treat Biden as a step back towards the exact same regulations that handed us Trump. Um, but it is still potentially a step back. But that, like, ultimately these things have to move in that direction because this is what capitalism does. Yeah, of course. Um, then he gets to, I think, a really interesting question for us. What does this mean for the church? Well, you know, uh, raising money for the Kenosha shooter, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, right. God. Being, it... pro- being not Antifa, but Profa. It's it's such an easy win. Please, I don't give a fuck about the Church of Satan, uh, one way or another. I like they sure, seem fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're doing they're, their. There thing. are a bunch of libs who use that. Ex- yeah, you use that. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. And, and they, <laughs> they're uh, better than ca- most Christian churches. They, and on occasion, they rightly point out issues of you know Christianity being favored in in government offices. No, yeah, and stuff. sure. Whatever. Totally. Who cares? But like giving them such an easy win that like churches uh, raised five hundred k for the Kenosha shooter while they were raising money to give socks to homeless people yeah just like guys guys the church of satan is giving socks to homeless people and you're giving money to a white 17 year old who is clipping protesters yeah look at look at yourselves only one of you actually you know i'm sorry church of satan you don't deserve that title (laughs) the church the others do yeah sorry guys i i know it's your thing but like come on didn't we earn it Wait, Didn't the there's only one church, church of Satan, it? and it's not the church of Satan? That's <laughs> kind of, that's it. so confusing. I know, right? Yeah, my final note on this sort of, like, liberal anti-democracy thing is, like, 
how much rage have we seen directed towards Trump supporters and poor people? Thank you. And like, oh just my God, negging, essential. Like, oh, this poor person. Oh, they've got a Trump sign. They're voting against their own interests. And it's like, motherfucker, you should have been speaking for those interests. Yeah. Like you had a chance to win that. But I'm not saying there's not some virulent racists out there that like, oh, you sure. know, of course, of course. But like, but fuck God, off. they just hate democracy. But like, I know a handful just off the top of my head of libertarian types who will never fucking vote for Biden, who fucking like Bernie, who fucking def- who will have voted for Bernie. Oh, yeah. who would, I could have a conversation with about Bernie, and I'm fucking sorry because you know why? It's as simple as like they may not like the concept of big government, but they like the concept of somebody at least caring about them. Yeah, that is I. You had that conversation. I had that. I've conversation had that conversation, person, like not like, countless, but like a yeah. handful of times, a, like five to seven times. Fucking insane libertarians, people yeah. that I disagree people with on most everything. things, being like, "Well, if we're gonna have this shitty big government, I guess it could be less evil." That was the Bernie pitch, man. That was it. Uh, yeah. What does this mean for the church? And he points out, "What does the church always say when they discuss these things?" Dietrich right. Bonhoeffer. Always, always. I've been to churches that cannot make it through a sermon without referencing Bonhoeffer because he was a real one. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's trying to, try to kill Hitler. That's, That's not cool. a bad thing. Yeah. Less discussed is that many Christians were Nazis. Were slash are. Yeah. Continue. The tacit support of Nazism by most of German Christianity or that European Christianity provided an animating ideology for the possibility of fascism itself. Yeah, or how about the picture of the Pope with Hitler? Yeah, Catholics, I remember. (laughs) I do not forget. (laughs) Um, Most of the church, from Spain to Italy to Germany, allied itself with fascistic states. And the point that he's making is that this isn't a failure of the church. This is the church acting in the interest that it has always acted in. He goes back to quoting... uh, Then he goes back to quoting Cesar, and he goes, Yes. Of course, it would be worthwhile to study clinically in detail the steps taken by Hitler and Hitlerism and to reveal the very humanistic, very Christian bourgeois of the 20th century Mm -hmm. that without his being aware of it, the Christian has a Hitler inside himself. The Hitler inhabits him. The Hitler is his demon. That that if he rails against him, he is being inconsistent and that at bottom, what he cannot forgive Hitler for is not the crime in itself. The crime against man. It is not the humiliation of man as such. It is the crime against the white man. And the fact that he applied to Europe colonialist procedures, which had up until that point been exclusively reserved for the Arab, the Indian, and the African. Mm, Wow. That's really powerful. And then the author of this article says what is possibly uh, the most baller line in this whole thing. Christendom was itself the midwife of the colonial project. Damn. Just so true, right? Yeah, like, we know so this. Good. We know this. Like you know, every missionary that yeah, I have had interactions with in the last five years is like bending over backwards to try to figure out how to make it not a colonialist process. It's really hard to do, and it's hard. And I, these are a lot of well-intentioned, loving people that are trying, but there is something. Yeah, we always. What did we do? We brought the slave ships and we brought the churches. These yeah. things went hand in hand for centuries across dozens oh, yeah. of I different mean, nations. Uh, the entirety of the new world is Christian because of the tip of the sword or colonialism. Yeah. There is no other way to view it. Fascism with its tropes of victimhood, race, and mythic nationalism is a fire kindled by Western Christianity's colonialism. It is natural to love your children. And unsurprisingly, Western Christianity befriends the fascism that it helps birth. Mm. So this is his point that there is already something in the narrative of how Western evangelical right. Christianity exists that allows fascistic impulses to come. 
and it's why it makes total sense. This is not a new thing with Trump. You know, mm-hmm. how many how many times have we talked about evangelicals oh, loving Trump, yeah. supporting Trump in this insane percentage? And the argument that this is making, let's bring a little history, history yes. to shitty Christians, which we never do. Uh, um, I forgive you. I know. Uh, is that it was always thus. It was yep. always thus. And, and when we talk about, when the church talks about its own history, it likes to point to the people that didn't go with that grain. Yeah, I love when it talks about Bonhoeffer or the like genuinely important people yeah, that Martin were, Luther uh, King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. or the people that were against slavery yeah. or the handful of suffragettes. But let me tell you, the vast majority of Christians in all those cases were, were yelling at them. We're telling them to sit down. We're telling them to vote. So he measures sort of the two the two wings of modern Christianity and finds them both lacking. He goes, you have insurgent Christian nationalists, you know, the common good evangelicals, conservative mm. Catholics, often tripping. Uh, and then you have the liberal Christians who are often tripping over themselves to avoid being identified with the left. Liberal Christians, like liberal politicians, are incapable of doing what is necessary. Their focus on the ballot box, the fact-checking, their alternative exegesis and hand-wringing over norms, their generic appeals to Jesus-inflected concepts of justice are insufficient to deal with the material, material and ideological conditions that empower fascism. I think this sums up 99% of what we talked about. It's, it's of why, our entire podcast? Of our I'm, podcast, ups- yeah. I'm upset. I know, you know we're, I know. We're I know. The podcast, it's annoying. We're sending you the article. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Adam Joyce, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, you beautiful, yeah. smart bastard. Yeah, I know. I hate you. Oh, by the I way. I hate you, you genius. <laughs> we're barely getting through this, like, lightly academically written article. Uh, and he has... It's one of those articles where every third word is a footnote to a whole other smart oh, yeah. article. It's so fucking annoying. I don't uh, read. That's not that's not what we do. How dare you, Adam, with your, <laughs> your beautiful thoughts and things. Um, okay. Uh, that idea that like, okay, so here's what we have, right? We have mm-hmm. John Piper. Yeah. Out and out, ridiculous asshole. Totally. Endangering his people, hating women. And then you have J.D. Greer saying, thoughts and prayers, Black Lives Matter, blah blah But he's not in the fucking streets. No. There's Just no material beautifully change. sums up yeah. that like the church is either actively engaged in fascism or downplaying its relevance to society. But yeah, I love that Jesus inflected yeah. concepts of justice. Oh, that's so good. And what does he do? He recenters it on the thing that matters: material and ideological conditions that empower fascism. Yep. And they ask the question: So what can we do? And the truth is, you already know the answer. Mm-hmm. Both because you're somebody that cares enough to listen to this podcast and because we've been living in the world of 2020. But he says, right. Rosa Luxemburg was right. The choice really is socialism or barbarism, and an anti-fascist church is a socialist church. Mm. Fascistic movements are defeated by out-organizing. Only by doing what centrists are incapable of and what fascists fear, organizing a mass movement to build economic democracy, crush white supremacy, and stave off climate change, can this moment be diffused. Against its own colonial history, Christians must be good comrades in the struggle to reduce corporate power, expand democracy, work for prison and police abolition, give workers power over their workplaces, help workers win power over their own unions, tax the wealthy, support massive investment in public good, demilitarize the border, and fight for racial justice. This is not a debate over political abstractions, but a struggle to develop tactics and moral narratives to achieve material goals. Strikes preventing deportations, increased unionization, providing sanctuary, engaging in eviction defense, mutual aid. That's a lot to read, but like, I think it's important to actually go through the things that he lists. Yeah. These are all things. And you know what? I agree with him that this is what we need to do. We need to get organized. I acknowledge that the left is not good at organizing. 
Excuse me, tanky. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you a Trotskyist son of a bitch? Oh, Are you bringing just, in Leninist thought to this podcast? Listen, I am all for people having good faith conversations about how to think better about the world. And I think that some of the that, distinctions... I haven't seen them yet, but I, know, I am too. Some of the distinctions on the left are actually materially important for how we move forward. Of right? course. But like the idea that we need to spend all of this time doing this tired, oh tumblerified name-calling of just let me put you in 15 different categories there, and then get mad at you for 12 like of them. One, there's like one real difference. Yeah. Are you? Or there's three. Are you electoralist? Are you out there believing in protests that don't involve killing people? Are you? Do you believe you should like get guns and shoot people? Yeah. That's it. Those are the three fucking strains of thought, and that's it. That's all that that's matters. That's it. There's nothing. Right all the other stuff. Like, sh- shut yeah. the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I, I think it matters in that like we don't get to these directions, the things yeah. that he's talking about, without thinking about how to do those things no of course but those are the three options yes but i agree. roughly <laughs> and all of the infighting just mm. doesn't help the process <laughs> no. uh we have to get organized and i promise you guys oh god it is challenging to do this in real life it's extra challenging to do it in yeah. real life during a pandemic but like it will be so much more fulfilling yeah and the right let me tell you the right has all the same like hilarious differences but they don't let it get in the way of their goals yeah like they're like libertarians they're like free market blah 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 they're like classic conservatives they're classic liberals but you know what they all do they all get in lock fucking step behind the fascist i tell you what danny aiken probably doesn't love all the shit that trump does but he gets in line behind the line behind the fascist because he is in support of his economic and social interest with abortion so you know what you have to fucking get in line yeah i'm not gonna say get in line because i think i think that is you know, form a line yeah <laughs> exactly like. we have to get on the same page of ideological consistency and as many many people smarter and dumber than us have said there is no democratic party there's no ideological consistency and the democratic party isn't the answer yeah no of course not but i'm saying like so we need to build that ourselves yeah and then he ends this yes this way we have no other choice the aim of this movement is not to spark a civil war but rather a desperate hope to prevent one with james Cohn, the church must say Liberation is more than the recognition that iron shackles are inhuman. It is also the willingness to do what is necessary to break the chains. Amen. I mean, we started a podcast, so clearly, like, yeah, we've I mean, done our like, part. I'm obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I'm going like, to, like, take a nap on. after this. It's no, cool. I mean, it, 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 we talked about this in the wake of Bernie, right? Yeah. Like, you know, this was, it was like, well, fuck, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, electoralism was always a moonshot, and in yeah. the end, they were never going to let us have it. No. But it was worth fighting for. Oh, listen. But like, of course. Here, here is the antidote to the malaise that I think is very reasonable to feel. Yeah. Whether you are a person of faith that it, that faith is informing these actions or not, really doesn't matter. Get in the game. Yeah. Christians, be good comrades, but be comrades. That's right. Get in the fucking fight. Uh, you know, he says, "How do we become a church that fascists fear?" And I love that question. Yeah, that's a great line. I, I was having this conversation with my mom where she was just like, what do you want? What do you want? I was like, I, I want the church to be in the game. I want the church to like be meaningfully, actively uh, engaged mm. with the problems that are actually hurting people right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, the conversation went on from there. But like that that was it. And like reading this was just felt like, oh man, these are like all these like disparate ideas that somebody sparted in me, like yeah. put together, assigned historical um, like context to Mm-hmm. And then really, like, push the thing forward. It makes me think, I hate to do this. It makes me think of the verse in James. James one twenty seven. 
and where the question is like what is true religion mm-hmm. and pure and undefiled religion in the sight of god is this to visit the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world the second part of that is super vague i don't fucking know what that means yeah. but to visit orphans and widows in their distress to take care of poor people that has to be the fucking animating project of the left and all of the things you mentioned every single one of the like 10 or so things he listed is about real material justice for orphans and widows and that is fucking what it is if you're a christian and if you are a product part of the left is part of that as well yeah i to to bring this home there was a tim keller you know Again, one of these like vaguely liberalish yeah, Christian centrist, guys. Whatever. I live in New York. And he was like wow. talking, talking about, uh, and he was talking about, he was like, you know, if you're talking about injustice and oppression as a believer, that doesn't make you a Marxist. That makes you a student of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that we agree, obviously. Um, thinking about how to bring that change into the world is what made me a Marxist. Right. And that's the work that we need to get involved in. That's why we need to be good comrades. That's why we need to get out of our shitty churches and into the streets with the people that are doing that work in whatever way we can. Yeah. Obviously, again, we handled this podcast. podcast done. There's a lot of work to do. I'll be honest and say that like I see all those things and I think, man, we are fighting a long, challenging battle and I'm not sure what the timeline we have to do it with is. Yeah. Um, but I know that this is the work. And it was encouraging to see that contextualized and it was encouraging to see somebody just literally speak to what should the church Amen. Yeah. I think that's it's a good vision I've seen in a long time. Yep. Thank so you thank mind. you, Adam Joyce, for this article. Thank yes. you to um, the Institute of Christian Socialism for publishing it. You can check out their stuff online. It's pretty easy to find. Um, it was fun to dive into something that wasn't just utterly horrendous, even though it was mostly engaged with dealing with the utter horrendousness of things. Stay tuned for next week. Still a lot more fun than that debate, though. Actually, uh, I don't know. I, I had a certain amount of fun during fine. that debate. <laughs> it was just like... Just evil. It was... It was Definitely a moment of just like, I don't have to care about this. Yeah, no, it, it is very much like uh, the circus, the circuses. They're never going to give you bread. We do have circuses. Yeah. All right, Zach. Uh, my name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor on Twitter. My name is Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. You can check out the pod at shitty underscore pod or shittychristians.com. There's also uh, links to contact us if you're interested there. We love hearing from you guys. This has been Shitty Christians.